Support for NPR and the following message come from our sponsor, Whole Foods Market. Host a celebratory brunch for less with 365 by Whole Foods Market, featuring wallet-happy finds like cold smoked Atlantic salmon and more. This is NPR's Life Kit. I'm Aisha Roscoe. So every recipe in this book you've made in this kitchen, I guess. it's a very nice kitchen. We're in Brooklyn. It's, how do you describe it? I'm not good at describing stuff. Messy. I recently visited Melissa Clark, cookbook author and food writer for the New York Times, and her really not very messy at all, very beautiful kitchen in Brooklyn. This kitchen is where all the magic happens. It's where Melissa Clark created, tested, and tested again every recipe in her new cookbook, Dinner in One, which has 100 recipes that you can cook in one pot, one pan, one slow cooker, very easy peasy. To me, they're my go-to weeknight thing. Like if I can not dirty an extra pot, I'm gonna cook it in a one pot. So these are things I've been kind of riffing on for years. And then when I did the cookbook, all I did was test them so I knew they worked and then come up with ways to make them slightly more elevated, you know, like an extra little twist to make it slightly more delicious. Okay. You know, you always want to be extra special, right? Right. So these are created with convenience in mind, which I like. Uh, But it's also a little fancy. There are recipes for miso-glazed salmon with roasted sugar snap peas, cheaters, chicken and dumplings, even one-bowl cakes. Clark, whose New York Times column is called A Good Appetite, has written dozens of cookbooks. But this one is a little different. Nearly all of the recipes can be done in under an hour and without using all the dishes in the cabinet. Okay, imagine like writing a haiku. Yeah. You want to s- express the biggest thought with the fewest amount of words. Mm-hmm. I-, I mean, I have to say, it was fun. It was a challenge. Um, maybe I was a little obsessive, but <laughs> <laughs> the end goal was when I'm finished cooking, there's like three things in the sink. Okay. Is that what's going to happen today with this one? Because we'll be counting going through and we're going to be like counting. Because, of course, we're not just here to talk about it. We wanted to put dinner and one to the test. So we asked Melissa Clark to pick a recipe that we could cook together. So this episode of Life Kit, How to Simplify Dinner. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit their website to get a quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. Then, just choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Support for NPR and the following message come from our sponsor, Whole Foods Market. Host a celebratory brunch for less with 365 by Whole Foods Market. Featuring wallet-happy finds like cold smoked Atlantic salmon, mini quiches, organic everything bagels, and more. Plus, visit the floral department and jazz up your table with a beautiful bouquet of big, bright, sourced-for-good flowers. When the brunch has to be perfect and delicious, go to your local Whole Foods Market. Hey, Life Kit listeners. Andy Tagle here to spread the word about our new special series, Dear Life Kit. It's an advice column for your ears. And we're getting personal. Every episode will enlist expert advice for one of your most pressing and intimate anonymous questions about life, love, and how to keep it together. All in about 10 minutes. 
New episodes every Saturday until October 8th. Listen to Dear Life Kit from NPR. So for our dinner in one, Melissa and I made cheesy baked pasta. Doesn't that sound good? Normally when you make a baked pasta, you boil the pasta in one pot, mm-hmm. you drain it in a colander, so therefore yes. messing up two things two already. Two things, yes. And then you put it into your dish and you bake yeah. it. But what I'm doing here is I'm going to cook the pasta. We're going to cook the pasta right in the sauce. Oh, okay. So should we get started here? Yes, I'm ready. Love it. First things first, we line up all our ingredients on the okay, counter. So Pasta, use, um, tomatoes, three kinds here. of cheese, okay. and so sausage. Um, you can use either hot or mild Italian sausage. I chose the mild. Okay. When you use mild sausage, you can always add more red pepper flakes. To make it a But you can't spicy. take it out. Okay. So as well as spices and, and herbs from not one, but three jam-packed spice drawers. <laughs> like, y'all really should have seen these drawers. Okay, okay, so look, now you see how she's a chef? She opened this drawer, guys, and there are all these little tins with labels on them. I love my label maker. <laughs> she pulls oregano, fennel, garlic, and bay leaves. And here's another thing. You could leave half of these herbs out and it's going to taste the same. Remember how I said I always want it to be like slightly more delicious? Yes. These are the ways I'm going to do that. To elevate it. Yeah, and it's like this is the stuff I have in my pantry. You know, But if you don't have any of those in your pantry, you leave them out. Okay. That's the thing about this cookbook. It's not doing too much. All the recipes are flexible. If, unlike me, you love vegetables, you could add a little spinach to this recipe. If you're lactose intolerant, Clark says add more sausage and cut out the cheese. Hate cutting up garlic? Use some from a jar. I just used the, the garlic that's already like in the little oh, seasoning. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that bad? There are no wrong answers when you're in the kitchen with Melissa Clark. Nothing's bad. If it tastes good, okay. is it not, it's not bad. You know, what kind of meals lend themselves easily to a one-pan meal? So many different meals. Um, you know, we think of one pan or one pot meals as mostly being stewy or soups, you know, and traditionally that's a really easy, great way to do a one pot meal. But you can do almost anything in one pan if you, it's just a matter of paying attention to how long things take to cook and how you place them on the pan next to each other. So like a typical roast chicken can be a one pan, it could be a sheet pan chicken, right? Or a, um, a pasta dish. Pasta, a normal lasagna, you could do the whole thing in a skillet, and then it just saves you boiling the pasta separately. Um, you can do um, all kinds of things in a casserole dish, you know, in one of those 9x13s or a gratin dish. And you put the longer, the ingredients that need the longest time to cook in first, and then you add the ones that need less time later. So you get into a rhythm of figuring out how things should go together in the one pan. And then really, I mean, it's limitless, I think. Okay, so it doesn't have to be a stew or anything like that. And the pan can also be a sheet pan. So it could be exactly. something in the oven. It doesn't have to be on the stove. Exactly. It could be... Yeah, yeah. casserole dish, sheet pan. I mean, an instant pot, right? That's one pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So what are the basic elements of a one-pan meal? It sounds like it could be anything. But are there basics that people need to know when they're trying to think it out? You said the elements and the time. Exactly. So, and then there's also a mix of ingredients. You want to make sure that all the ingredients go really well together, right? You know, there's a saying, what 
grows together, goes together. So, you know, what um, I love to do is go to regional cookbooks from regions all around the world, right? So, you know, let's just start with the United States. It's like, okay, well, so what grows really well in the Northeast together? What grows really well in the South, in the Southeast together? What about the Southwest? And then you start coming up with patterns, right? Like in the Southwest, you have your chilies and your beans and your squashes. Let's go to Italy. Let's go to regional Italian foods. Let's go to the South of Italy, right? You have mozzarella, you have tomatoes, you have basil and garlic. We all know that those things are traditional together and that they taste amazing. So, um, you know, same thing going to different parts of Asia. You can do this anywhere in the world and you get so inspired by just looking at what the traditional foodways are and how you can use them in your own cooking. What are some elements of recipes that you find to be too fussy? Like what is something a person could like scan the recipe and you would say, skip this part? You know, what's that thing you go, yeah, you don't yeah, need yeah. that. Well, definitely bay leaves are, you know, it's like if you're going to leave something out of a recipe, you probably don't need the bay leaves unless it's like a bay leaf flavored stew, in which case, you know, they're essential, but for the most part. Um, okay, let's talk about browning uh, ingredients for a stew, right? So if you look at a typical stew recipe, you want to brown each cube of meat on each side. And they don't tell you this in the recipe, but you're going to stand there for half an hour browning those little pieces of chicken and meat. And that takes a really long time. So one of the first things that I skip is I don't brown all of them. What I do is I brown one side really deeply because I want that flavor. You really want the brown flavor, but you don't need it on every single piece of meat or chicken. You get enough of it to give you this richness in your sauce, and then you can stop. So you can do maybe 50% of the browning work that you would normally do, and that's okay. And that's a technique that I use in this book. It's like, let's cut down on the time here and still get the same great flavor. Okay. Any other any other thoughts on you look at that and go, uh, just forget that? You know? Yeah, well, there's a lot of, yeah. So there's a lot of cake and baking recipes that I do this too for. So in the book, I have a whole chapter on one bowl cakes. And what I did in those cases is um, a typical cake recipe is you have your fat, which you, you beat air into. You have your eggs and your wet ingredients, which you mix in one bowl. So now we're already two bowls. And then you have your dry ingredients, which is a third bowl. I have streamlined all of that by um, taking my uh, inspiration from uh, cakes that are made with liquid fat. And then instead of beating your wet ingredients separately, you just beat them straight into that liquid because it's already a liquid. It's already a fat. So you've got your, your butter, your melted butter or your olive oil in a bowl. You add your eggs and your yogurt or whatever your liquid ingredients are, your vanilla extract, and you beat them really well until they're smooth. And then in the same bowl, you throw your dry ingredients right on top of it and you don't even mix them in a separate bowl. And this just streamlines the process and it makes a one bowl cake. You can mix up a one bowl cake. It's like making pancakes. You know, it takes five minutes to just whip everything together and then you bake it in a, in a pan and you've got this like easy after work cake. And who doesn't love an after work cake? Okay, we're moving way ahead to dessert. Let's get back to our cheesy baked pasta. Even though it's not wrong, we will not be using garlic from a jar this time because I want the thin slices and okay. you can't buy those. You can't like, buy You those. just have yeah. to. And what's so great about the thinly sliced garlic is that it melts in the sauce and okay. it gets sweet. And oh, that's okay. what we're going for here. Okay. So. So, so Melissa Clark gives me a garlic slicing machine. Perfecto. And pulls a 12 inch skillet off the wall. She adds olive oil and the sausage, which she squeezes out of the casing like toothpaste. So I'm just gonna saute this uh, this sausage meat in some olive oil and I'm gonna let it get browned. So I'm breaking it up with the side of my wooden spoon so that more of it can get in contact with the oil. 
and it can get a nice brown crust on it because that brown crust on the sausage is what's going to give you extra flavor. Now you can hear the cooking of the sausage coming out. You have to talk like we're at the masters. <laughs> <laughs> it smells good. I haven't eaten today. I'm a little hungry. While the sausage gets good and brown, we crush the fennel with a mortar and pestle. Now I'm also gonna add some salt right now, just a pinch of salt. And you're gonna see, I add salt in several stages. Okay. So I'm adding salt right now because I want the garlic to absorb it. If you add salt as you go, it seasons it better rather than adding it all at once. That's a, a gem. And now I think it's tomato time. Then it is tomato time with the optional bay leaves. You obviously love to cook, but are there times when you're just like, I'm oh. over it? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, takeout. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite takeout? Because people may think Melissa Clark doesn't do takeout. Oh, yeah, no, I totally do takeout. I like to do takeout on things that takeout does better than me, like sushi. Takeout does oh, yeah. sushi better than me. Okay. I'm, you know, not afraid to tell you. <laughs> Once that sauce has gotten nice and thick, we add the pasta. Little teeny tiny shells, really cute. Then we let it simmer a little bit more. Then fold in mozzarella, top with more mozzarella, spoonfuls of ricotta, a sprinkle of Parmesan. Now it's getting really good. Yeah and stick the whole skillet in the oven to bake. And if you think that I'm just gonna stand around, then okay. you do not know me. <laughs> <laughs> there is none of that in Melissa Clark's kitchen. Shall we count how many pots and pans I've used? Yes, start cleaning yes. up? Yeah, let's start doing that, let's see. So we got the garlic slicer, uh -huh. that okay. garlic slicer, knife a knife, a wooden spoon, yeah. a measuring yeah. spoon, a mortar and pestle, yeah. a cutting board, and the pan, for those of you following along at home, that makes a grand total of eight. This does seem like a one pan thing. This is legit, we have tested it. <laughs> but the ultimate test, of course, will be the taste. Oh! When the cheese is brown and toasty on the top, we take the skillet out of the oven. Ooh, here we go. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. See, it's bubbling. Look at that bubbling action. Add some basil from the garden and dig in on the back patio. Very good. I like this sausage too. With the cheese. And why am I chewing and talking? I shouldn't do that. Mm -mm -mm. And so I won't do that. But if you want to try the recipe for cheesy baked pasta, and I will say it was delicious and also pretty easy. Take it from me. Though we did dip out before doing the dishes. You can find it on our website or in Melissa Clark's new cookbook, Dinner in One. Thank you so much for allowing us to be in your kitchen. I'm very proud of myself for the work that I did. <laughs> I think you did no, half you, of the cooking, no, Aisha. You, no, you, you guided it, and this was a lot of fun. Oh thank my you gosh. so much. Well, thank you for coming over. I loved it, and I'm glad we got to eat together. For more Life Kit, check out our other episodes, one on cooking substitutions and another one about how to cook without a recipe. You can find those at npr.org slash lifekit. And if you love Life Kit and want more, subscribe to our newsletter at npr.org slash lifekit newsletter. 
This episode of Life Kit was produced by Samantha Balaban and Jan Stewart. It was edited by Shannon Rhodes. Our visuals editor is Beck Carlin. Our digital editor is Malika Garib. Megan Kane is the supervising editor. Beth Donovan is the executive producer. Our production team also includes Andy Tagle, Audrey Wynn, Claire Marie Schneider, Michelle Oslam, and Sylvie Douglas. Julia Carney is our podcast coordinator. Engineering support comes from Trey Watson. I'm Aisha Roscoe. Thanks for listening. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Schizophrenia and Psychosis Action Alliance, working to shatter barriers to treatment, survival, and recovery so that people with schizophrenia can thrive. They are one of the few advocacy organizations focused only on schizophrenia and psychosis, and as a result, have a deep understanding of this brain disease. They actively partner with like-minded organizations to conduct research, improve access to resources, and empower individuals with schizophrenia and their families. More at wecanthrive.org. Support for NPR and the following message come from the American Cancer Society. Dr. Alpa Patel leads a team that researches cancer risk factors, and she shares how a new study aims to impact an underrepresented community. My greatest hope for the Voices of Black Women study is that it will help us understand and identify culturally tailored ways to change and really eliminate the unacceptable disparities for future generations of Black women as it relates to cancer. To learn more, go to voices.cancer.org. When voters talk during an election season, we listen. We ask questions, we follow up, and we bring you along to hear what we learned. Get closer to the issues, the people, and your vote at the NPR Elections Hub. Visit npr.org slash elections.